Building influence is something anyone can learn. It's an investment you can make in yourself and it can hold the keys to achieving your dreams and having the life and impact you want to have. I'm Laura Cox Kaplan. I've learned a lot over three decades about building and sustaining influence and how using it and using it effectively can make a big, big difference in your life and career. Here on She Said, She Said podcast, we're digging into the different dimensions that help us build and sustain influence. If you thought being an influencer was just for social media, think again. Whether you're starting a business, raising money for a cause, negotiating a promotion, running your household, or trying to connect with those who don't share your views, understanding and using the different dimensions of influence will increase your chances of success whatever your goals may be. Listening to She Said, She Said podcast is a smart, efficient investment you can make in you. I'm really glad you're here and I'm excited we're on this journey together. Hey friend, welcome to She Said, She Said podcast. If burnout and work-life balance are topics that you often struggle with, you are going to love this week's conversation and the interesting way that this week's guest actually tackles the topic, specifically through a lens focused on sustainability. We don't always think about sustainability related to personal burnout and work-life balance, and yet the concept lies at the heart of how we manage ourselves. When you burn the candle at both ends, you eventually end up depleting yourself. Your tank runs dry and you have no energy left to refuel, and it feels terrible. It also can directly impact your ability to build and sustain the influence that you need to accomplish your bigger goals. This week's guest is Ashley Miles. She is a self-described former workaholic. She's also the founder of a company called Franklin West. Now, Franklin West is an on-demand consulting firm that Ashley created during COVID in response to what she saw as this rapidly and dramatically changing work environment. Now, one of the interesting attributes of Franklin West is the firm's ability to be what Ashley refers to as the, quote, Swiss army knife of consulting firms. What that means in part is that she's able to tap into an incredibly influential network of talent that she's amassed through her own influence. Influence she's cultivated working in the media and entertainment sectors, including as global chief business officer at Thrive Global and reporting directly to the founder and CEO, Ariana Huffington. The principles that Ashley uses to help businesses create a sustainable, adaptable existence can also apply as we think about the best ways to manage ourselves, specifically our energy and our time. Now, my conversation with Ashley is the latest in our collaboration series with the Southern Sea. We launched the series with episode 233 and the incredible Dana Cowan. If you missed that, please be sure to go back and listen. Dana is absolutely fantastic, and I know you're going to love it. 
Most of all, my collaboration with the Southern Sea and the talented women that we're showcasing reinforces the power and impact of connection, but specifically using it to create and collaborate in ways that solve problems and bring tremendous value. And that really lies at the heart of why continuing to build our networks can be so incredibly valuable. I would also say the power of connection, when it's done well, lies at the heart of how we can build more influence in our lives. Now, for this week, for my conversation with Ashley, just a few key topics that I want to highlight. Of course, Ashley and I talk about how and why she created Franklin West. We talk about how she thinks about influence and how she's used that to build the network that she then draws upon to help clients. I talked to Ashley about how she thinks about the dramatically shifting nature of work and the opportunities that that presents. We talk about things like how do you manage your internal staff when you bring in outside help? Ashley and I talk about identifying your business's superpowers and the practice for doing that also can apply to helping individuals find their superpowers as well. We talk about how giving back fits into a personal sustainability strategy. But my favorite part of this conversation is how Ashley outlines her five filters for actually creating a sustainable life for herself and how that helps her create balance and alignment as she is prioritizing what's most important to her. Friend, I think you're going to love this conversation. Give it a listen. Be sure to let me know what you think. For now, here is my conversation with the incredible Ashley Miles. Ashley, welcome to She Said, She Said. Hi, so good to see you again. Well, I'm happy to see you too. It was so fun having a chance to visit with you at the Southern Sea Summit. As you know, this collaboration series that you are a part of, I'm really, really grateful to have you here, but you're a part of a, a, an extension, essentially, of what we talked about at the summit, but these conversations give us a chance to do maybe a little deeper dive with a few women from the network. So I'm really, really happy to have you here today. So honored to be here. I'm in awe of what you're building with the podcast and your past guests have been, you know, dear friends and some mentors of mine. So it's an honor to be here and also support your great work. Thank you. Well, I'm really, really grateful. We have a we have a good time here, and it's not about doing an interview. It's about having a conversation and really getting to know each other and getting more wisdom from you that we can share with this fabulous audience. So I'm really happy to have you. So let's dive in. For those who don't know you, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about Franklin West, what that is, and a bit about your origin story. How did you come to this point in your career? Absolutely. Well, I spent my career building and scaling top consumer media and entertainment companies. So nearly 20 years in New York City, working for some of the most innovative companies and leaders and always through a growth lens. So always the commercial leader within an organization who partnered with all aspects of the business to accelerate growth. And so what I realized was, is that for the past nearly 20 years, I've have a formula 
of helping companies get to the next level, helping them identify their key areas of strength and growth and rallying um, the right talent, tools and technologies together to help companies get from one stage to the next. And I launched Franklin West uh, during the pandemic to make a much broader impact in the business community, to work with a portfolio of companies and really personalizing talent, tools, and technology to help companies move faster, to offer fresh perspective, to help move from strategy into execution. And we really believe that we are pioneering the future of work, which is the hybrid approach pairing internal brilliant minds within the organization with external experts to move faster and lean into different areas. So whether that's business transformation, digital transformation, uh, building new revenue streams, we're really there to solve big pressing business challenges uh, and also encourage the teams internally through this lens of collaboration. Um, versus being outside consultants parachuting in. It's very much through the lens of collaboration and growth. Yeah, you have a really, really broad network of talent that you're dipping into. Maybe talk about how you have developed this network. And maybe, you know, because influence is a big theme that we talk about on She Said, She Said podcast, maybe talk about the role that influence has played in your life building influence, being able to then leverage that influence so that you're able to draw on this network of incredible talent. Maybe talk a little bit about that. I love it. Um, you know, for me, I've been very lucky throughout my career to work with some of the most talented people in business. So whether that's marketing experts, social media, salespeople, you know, uh, some of the world's most important CMOs, you know, it's been this incredible opportunity that I've had um, working in media and advertising and technology to really build a network of talent um, and work with some of the most incredible people out there. And so building those relationships all of those years, some of our top clients at Franklin West were my clients 20 years ago. So my talent network, our Franklin West ambassador network really comes from the 20 years I've had in business working with great people. And now it's just connecting a lot of those incredible folks into organizations to tackle big business challenges. So it's really the dream job because I've been doing it all along, talent matching, great talent to business opportunity. But now I'm able to do it on a much larger scale to support lots of great companies and leaders. In terms of influence, I think one of the most important things we can do as business leaders is to influence talent and businesses to make an impact, right? And so when I say make an impact, it's you know putting work out there that matters that also drives the bottom line, right? So how do we make a positive impact in the lives of consumers, of our employees, while also driving our revenue growth? which has always been the lens of my past roles and now my role at Franklin West is building momentum, making an, making an impact. And in order to do that, you have to know how to influence important decision makers and decisions in order to accelerate business forward. 
Yeah, tremendous. So you mentioned that you started Franklin West during COVID, which is interesting timing. Was there a moment that you saw that you said, oh my gosh, I have to do this and I have to do it right now, notwithstanding the fact that launching a business during COVID could not have been easy. Talk about what that catalyst was. What happened that you said, I need to make this pivot? Well, I think for so long operating within a corporation, you work with lots of outside agencies and consultancies, and there's certainly a role for traditional consultancies. You know, the long long lead time strategy, uh, long-term strategy and approach is absolutely necessary. But what I never had operating within a corporation was almost like this Swiss army knife solution externally to partner with my internal teams because business opportunities change so frequently. This idea of on-demand business growth was never met by outside consultancy and support. And so I always felt this void around what if I just had this Swiss army type solution that helped me move faster on opportunities in a way that was upskilling my internal talent and not intimidating them. And so it was always on my mind as a void in the market. And I just felt this burning desire really before COVID to get out there and make a much broader impact, taking this formula for growth and expanding it beyond just one single company. And it so happened where COVID hit and CEOs and leaders needed that fresh perspective and business transformation and digital. It was just all the stars aligned and we were able to really get in and make immediate impact. Interesting. You said something really interesting that I want to dig in on, which is the importance of helping internal talent to upskill without it being a threatening experience. And that can be a real problem in organizations when you know you have a gap, maybe you don't know exactly what the problem is, but you know there's a problem. It can be hard for the maybe person or the team to recognize it. It can be hard to solve it. And then when you bring in external people to help you solve it, it can just be organ rejection sometimes. Maybe talk about, sort of dig into what you just said about the importance of of creating that. I mean, how, how, how would you put it so that you bring in the external team and, and they're not rejected outright? Laura, it's the most important step that we take because we've all been on the other side of consultants interviewing us when we're in our seat and all you can think of, I don't know about you, is, okay, when am I getting fired? right? Or I'm not good at my job. It's a very demoralizing experience, at least from my And so for me, I knew if we are going to build a modern day business growth accelerator, if we're going to do something like this and be the outsiders coming in, we have to be a bridge. We have to be there to invest in the internal talent and basically replace ourselves at some point. You know, we're not staying in forever. It's we're there to be that lightning rod within the business. So in order to do that, we need to prioritize the full-time talent who's there and might be there for three to five years. They're the priority. And so one of the ways we do that is through what we call our pivotal power agenda growth planning exercise. We start every project with this 
which is we personalize the outside ambassadors who not only have the skill set to do the job at hand in partners with the in partnership with the full-time team, but we have to make sure they're culturally aligned with that company. So that's step one. Two is the pivotal power agenda workshop and um, road mapping, building the business growth plan with the company. And when we do that, we bring all the cross-departmental leaders to the table up front and we expedite business planning, vision exercise. We do all of that with the team up front. So we build trust, collaboration. We There's no infighting on this is what I, the direction I think the company should go. This is what I think. There's none of that because we all come to the table on day one. So whether that's building a new revenue stream, that's um, initiating business transformation of some sort, whatever the opportunity is, we all come to the table up front and it's through a vetted methodology and we are the outside facilitators. So we're objective and we deliver that roadmap back to the company within three to four weeks versus the standard three to four month planning cycle. So it's really a phenomenal way to get people aligned up front. We expedite the strategy piece and we spend the majority of our time executing on that plan together. Ashley, given all of the layoffs that are happening right now, especially in the tech sector, I'd love for you to share your views, both advice for folks who've been laid off and also maybe the outlook as we think about the future of work. It's a very challenging time economically for an awful lot of people. Very challenging time, but also where there's challenge, there's opportunity. So at Franklin West, we believe that the future of work is this hybrid approach to business growth, pairing brilliant minds inside the organization with outside talent, parachuting in real thinking to help companies accelerate faster. So I would say for, especially in the rise of the on-demand economy, I mean, it's just the amount of liquid talent out there ready to do great work and have the flexibility you know, to be in this consulting space is very, very dynamic and exciting. I would say for the folks leaving these organizations, looking to figure out what's next or what is that pivot, I would say get excited. It is a really interesting time to be in business. Um, you know, the on-demand business needs that are coming up so frequently, there's so many opportunities to plug in and problem solve to help companies accelerate growth in a way that's collaborative. And again, this hybrid model to me is the future of work. Yeah, I love that. I know you have a piece that will be in Forbes magazine coming out probably around the time in which this conversation will air. We're going to link that. Um, if it hasn't been out, we'll link it after the fact to in the show notes for this podcast. Amazing. Wonderful. Thank you, Laura. You're so welcome. So the audience for She Said, She Said podcast, we have entrepreneurs, we have women who are working in corporate settings, we have women who are maybe rethinking their whole career evolution, they're maybe pivoting or contemplating a pivot or thinking about something that they want to do next. Maybe advice for, because I know this is an area that you oftentimes dive into with your clients, which is helping them identify their superpower and really leverage that. Can you parlay that 
into a more personal level? How do you help individuals find that superpower and then parlay that potentially into another opportunity? Right. So just like Every company, most every company has a strength, has something special that's unique to them, but has gravity, something differentiated. It just needs to be sussed out and maybe repackaged or, you know, invested in. That's the same for an individual, right? Whether you're an entrepreneur, a mother, a, you know, Fortune 50 C-suite leader, we all have something within us that is special, that sets us apart from the rest. Um, And it starts with figuring out your passion. It might not be what you truly get so excited about every day, um, but it's something that you are naturally good at. And when you excel in this thing, you feel great about yourself. You feel like you're making an impact. So it's not necessarily like the thing that's your hobby. You know, if I could go antiquing all day long <laughs> and hit up estate sales as my profession, that's my, pa- I love it. But that's not what pays the bills, right? <laughs> so I think it's important to understand what are you good at? What are you great at? What do you like doing? And how do you put a commercial wrapper around it to build a business, right? So I think it's really starts with self-reflection and exploration and tapping into your network to learn more about yourself, because sometimes it's hard to see yourself or really know all the details. Sometimes you need that outside perspective. Um, and so that's it. I mean, I think it's, it's an exciting time to be in business. It's an exciting time to pivot because there's always opportunity and there's always an opportunity to match your strength that has gravity with a white space opportunity in business so that you can do what you love and, be commercially successful. Yeah, I love that. I love that. You touched on a couple times the importance of having a network, the power that it can give you. Certainly, the Southern Sea is a great example of a tremendous network of talent and creativity and collaboration. Maybe advice for how you go about building a network, things that you have done in your own career that have been really beneficial to you personally, things that you've seen other people do in building their network, maybe advice for really tapping in, both building your network and tapping into it. Well, I think it's first being clear on your bold picture of where you're going, what your passions are, what your goals are, because without that, we're shooting from the hip, right? We're showing up and networking everywhere. And we don't have time for our families or our employees, right? So I think it's very important to have a bold picture of your future and what your goals are. Once you have that, you can really start to figure out where you should be spending your time, the types of people personally and professionally you want to be spending your time, because what you don't want to do is spread yourself too thin, right? Going back to influence. You want to have a lot of influence in a few of important places. 
So for me in my career, New York Women in Communications was one of those choices. It's an over a 90 year organization, um, pioneering women across the industry, Gloria Steinem, Oprah, Gail King, incredible Katie Couric. It's representative of such an important network of game-changing women who are also values-driven women. And for me, I recognized early on that let's join a committee, you know, start small, however I can get involved. And then as I was launching Franklin West, got the phone call that they wanted me to step into the president's role during COVID, during the Black Lives Matter movement. And it was an opportunity of a lifetime. But the most important thing was something like New York Women in Communications is I found my sisterhood. The women on that board, the committees, all different levels. These are my sisters in business. And many of those relationships have become very personal. And these are the women I call on when I'm going through a transition of some sort. So that's one example. So again, it starts with what is the bold picture? What are my goals? What, what's, what's the plan? And then figuring out what are those organizations who have people who are sharing your values, your goals, and you support each other, right? Once you're in that environment, right? Maybe it's two or three organizations. Generosity. Being generous, like you and I, when we connect, it's very much, what are you stuck on? How can I support? Let me share my challenges and how you can support. So I always approach my relationships, personally and professionally, through the lens of generosity. How am I giving back, not expecting something in return? And it becomes this flywheel of support, camaraderie, and growth. I love that. I absolutely love that. Maybe let's talk about, you know, because we're we are just coming out of the Southern Sea Summit for this year, there are a lot of professional organizations and conferences that folks can attend. Uh, you and I both think that the Southern Sea is one of the best, of course, but there are many, many others. Maybe advice for how someone can maximize their attendance at an event like that and really leverage the fact that they have spent the time and money to attend. How do you get the most out of it, maybe? I'm going to go really tactical here. Please. Uh, because we want this to be actionable for your viewers. I think once you've really refined where you're showing up, it doesn't need to be five conferences a year. It might be two, you know, once you figured out where you should show up, I would say it is wildly important to do your research ahead of showing up to really understand who are the attendees and what might they be focused on? Where are those shared goals, those shared passions, those share and really prepare and maybe set up time email those attendees before you you show up to have that coffee and time set up. I you did that with the Southern Sea. I had some lovely conversations so I was able to maximize, you know. So um really knowing who's attending, who's speaking and what topics are important to your growth personally and professionally. And when once you're there and having these conversations where are you following up 
following the event? Where are you following up in order to build ongoing, whether it's business relationship, a new mentor you found to sustain the relationship? So it's almost like a pre, during, and post. And that's how you maximize a trade conference. Yeah, I love that. I also love the tip of not necessarily always spending time with the people that you've already met and making sure that at each session you try to sit with someone new, maybe somebody that you don't know necessarily, or someone who you've seen in the directory, if there's a directory, right, that you can actually pair up with and maybe learn something from and really begin to build a connection and then maybe a relationship after the fact. The lens of generosity, my dear friend and one of our business ambassadors, Fran Hauser, who's amazing. Mm, love her. She's her. been on this podcast too. Yeah, Yay! she's great. Yeah. And Fran um, gave some great advice around mentoring and how she carves out, I believe, uh, three 20 minute mentoring sessions a week as her give back. So I think about her advice because when you're at a trade event, it's also okay to have a few just, you know, nice coffees and learn and without an agenda, just these learning moments or mentoring moments to take the pressure off a little bit and just be more exploratory. I love that. I absolutely love that. I mean, it, it does mean that you have to build in that extra time sometimes that you can't do every single session or every single cocktail party, even though you should, you know, leverage and maximize those opportunities. But at the same time, like really being thoughtful about where you're spending your time during a conference. Let's talk a little bit about a theme that I know is very important to you. You've touched on it a couple times, and that is something you refer to as creating a sustainable life and career. And sustainable in this context is a little different than we oftentimes think about sustainability, right? Talk about what you mean by that and why it's important. So I've spent most of my career as a workaholic, obsessed with my work, around the clock work. But I had two beautiful, wonderful little girls and a marriage and some wonderful friendships. I still have my close friends since preschool. Um, And I was always struggling with how do you create a rhythm that allows us to be the best that we can be personally and professionally? It doesn't have to be one or the other. I know there's a way to unlock this sustainable career business, personal life. Like, how do we do that? And I've been, I've struggled with this for so long and I have finally found it. And one of the, again, to make this actionable for your viewers, one of the tools that I use, uh, and it might work for you is really figuring out your magic five. So what are the four to five priorities, passion areas, um, key themes in your life that fill your tank, that give you the energy, the ability to show up as your best self every day. And what you then begin to do is filter all of your decision-making through those five filters. So you really start to weed out low value items, things that you might've said yes to in the past, that it's so obvious now that you then can truly live a life of sustainability of, cause we've got a long life to live. 
You know, it's a long time to be in business. It's a long time to be a mother, a friend, right? So how does all that work? So for me, my magic five are first faith. So I need to be spiritually connected consistently to be fulfilled. Family, so important. My children, my husband, my extended family, friendship and connection. So if I have all of this success and family and career, but I don't have amazing friends to enjoy, I'm not fulfilled. So investing in my core friendships is a key part of my decision-making. Three is mental, physical health and keeping that in check consistently. And five is impact. So if I had all of those things, but I wasn't making an impact on business, society, I'm not fulfilled. So after much reflection, years of reflection, I've realized those are the five component parts to helping me live a sustainable life. And when you put the oxygen mask on first, so many other people in our world benefit. Absolutely. I love that. You know, this was the topic of work-life balance, which, you know, I, I, I hesitate to use the word balance because it is a matter of prioritizing, right? And what you've just outlined is a beautiful way to do that. But what's your advice for how do you, recognizing that some, it's not a matter of, okay, 30 minutes here and 30 minutes here and 30 minutes here and th- some some days things are going to be completely out of line. How do you make sure that you're navigating and prioritizing based on that value system, keeping it in check, but recognizing that some days it's not going to be equal, like some parts of your life are going to get more of you than others. So maybe talk about how you navigate that in, in reality or in real time. I want to start by saying I have struggled with this for so long. It's right? hard. So yeah. From a place of I've tried a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And for me, what I've learned is if you start to just practice with those five component parts, it becomes fluid. So you don't, at first, maybe your first couple of months, you're like, is this, you know, it, it's a bit more time intensive, but it becomes so obvious and fluid. So this methodology paired with letting go of perfection, knowing, you know, how do we become more fluid? You know, you have your priorities, you know, what's not a priority, what you get in you're okay to say no to politely. No. Um, but also just getting rid of that frenetic energy, right? Being present, trying to take moments of, you know, pause and reflection, you know, maybe it's recapping your day at the end of every day, just jotting down, you know, those moments that you're proud of in that day. I do a lot of self-reflection, light journaling at night before bed, just to kind of put a pin in it, you know, just to bring a finale to the day and feel accomplished. So I hope that's helpful. Yeah, it is. It is. There's another element of this that I think is so important, (laughs) maybe because I struggle with it so much, which is this tendency to become ruled by my checklist and that my checklist can have some really big impact, high vision elements on it. But then there's also going to be, you know, 
50 other things that are not high impact things. Maybe talk about advice, tactical advice for how you manage your time and your energy so that you rule your checklist, your checklist doesn't rule you. So every Monday morning or Sunday night, I create what I call my hot list. And it's only, it only has high value items on it, big themes. So I actually no longer do a long to-do list. Mm. I don't even like those things get taken care of, whether I'm delegating it, if it's, you know, booking a plane ticket, is it, is it delegated? Is it going to happen at night? Because it's not my, I want my day, my mornings to be filled with the most high value, important things to be focused on. So maybe that tactical to-do list is on a post-it note and maybe I get to it in the evening when I, I value my morning brain so much that I only want to look down on that paper on my hot list and see what's driving impact this week, right? And it's the most important things. So it's it's undoing this obsession with scratching things off mm. because those are typically easy tactical things. And I I'm happy to have those big themes just sitting on there all week. It might be on there two weeks because it's so important you can't get it done in a week. Yeah. So it's reorienting your mindset around the big vision items and maybe on the other page you have all those housekeeping things that you need to tackle but that's not where you're focused because we can't do everything yeah so there might be things on my tactical to-do list i never get to and i'm okay with that yeah i find that if i'm not at least parking those little things the things that they may be dealt you know things that i'm going to be delegating or they may be things that i'm going to have to deal with but they're of lower priority if i can at least bucket them in the same place and then maybe save them for a day when i'm checking them all off at the same time and trying not to fall into the trap of oh just one more you know if i can do it in 2 minutes i'll check it off that's actually not worked well for me because I ruin, it ruins my focus for the bigger stuff. And that's why this whole pivotal power agenda workshop and methodology that we did at the summit. Yeah. Part of it is helping leaders identify what are those high value focus areas, whether it's career oriented or for your business, because you wouldn't believe the amount of employees and even senior leaders who spend more time in that tactical to-do list because it's our comfort zone. It's things that we could just scratch off and feel accomplished, but not enough time on the big growth unlocks in your career or your business. Yeah, I love that. You have learned from some of some incredibly amazing mentors. You have incredible talent that you're drawing from at Franklin West. Maybe a couple of interesting anecdotes or pieces of advice that you've learned from them that you carry with you, you know, things that you keep in your pocket and you're like, oh my God, that was life-changing when this person said that to me. Any big nuggets of wisdom like that? I have been so lucky to have an incredible support system of mentors. I mean, one of my top clients at Franklin West, uh, Marissa Thalberg, was an early friend and client in the industry nearly 20 years ago. So 
the amount of wisdom that women like Marissa and Liz Kaplow from Kaplow Communications, who has a PR agency 30 years, the wisdom I get from my tribe of advisors is everything. Um, but a few, a few pieces of advice that, that resonate with me, one would be, you are who you surround yourself by. So when you surround yourself with people who inspire you, who show up with not only great skills and success, but with values and integrity, that's who you become. And I, you know, I think we are all growing to be better versions of ourselves. There are moments I look back, you know, thinking, oh, why did I do that? That was so not who I am. You know, and I think I'm at a point now where surrounding myself with purpose driven people, you know, personally, and professionally is so important because that's who we become. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I have loved this conversation. This is, it's wonderful to have a chance to spend some additional time with you and to really dig in to some of these topics that we didn't have as much time uh, to, to spend on at the summit. So I'm really grateful that you spent some time with us today. And I know my audience will love this conversation. Thank you, Laura, for all that you do for the business community, for women everywhere. It's so impressive and uh, so excited to know you. Well, you're so sweet. I'm happy to know you too. Friend, thanks so much for joining me today for episode 234, my conversation with the fabulous Ashley Miles and the continuation of our collaboration series with the Southern Sea. You'll find links to the Southern Sea and to Ashley's company, Franklin West, in the show notes for this episode. And of course, the best place to find the show notes is on my website at she said, she said podcast.com. Just click on episode 234. And of course, there in the show notes, you will also find a free downloadable transcript of this episode as well. And friend, if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share some love with your favorite podcast host in the form of a review. Or of course, you can send me a message via the contact link in the show notes or message me on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. I would absolutely love to hear from you. Until next week, take care and I'll talk to you soon. She Said, She Said podcast is produced weekly by She Said, She Said Media.